Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. with me that that we are all born selfish would you agree with that I mean like this look at look at babies I mean you know when from the time they're in their mother's womb I mean they have everything they need I mean they're constantly you know they got a water bed to sleep on you know okay yeah thank you for laughing at that but I mean you know it's so it's so it's so um they have everything they need and then they then they're born and, and and they're used to getting everything they need and and so, like in the middle of the night, they can get hungry. And they've learned this little technique of going, wah, wah. and we get up and we go give them whatever they need, right? To get them quiet. And so we'll give them, you know, give them the bottle. And then after that, you know, we think, okay, they're dry, everything's good. And then a couple of hours later, you know, they're, they're crying again. And we go and they're just saying, you know, they just lay there like, I just wet on myself. Just change me. Okay, I don't want to go to the bathroom. Just change me. Okay, I mean, that's what, the way children are with babies, you know, like they can't do it, but they learned that they, they learned this technique early to get whatever they want. And, you know, that's okay when you're a baby, but when you get to be 40, that's a different story. Amen? So, yeah, sometimes like, oh, change me. Okay. <laughs> but what I want to tell you, you know, today is that we have to learn, and there's a word that children learn very early that can just send a chill up your backbone. And that word is mine. Mine. Maybe this has happened to you. You, you know, you've, you finally have dinner. Your family's enjoying an evening. And then, you know, the kids are playing. And then you finally sit down to rest. And you got your little glass of tea. And you think, okay, I'm going to watch a little television. I'm going to chill out here just a minute. And then all of a sudden you hear it. Mine. 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 You try to ignore it, okay? It'll go away. But it's a, mine, mine, <laughs> mine. And now you know you got to do it. So you get up and you go searching through the house for that sound of mine, mine. And finally you see it. You have an older child and your older child has something and the younger child is, is trying to take it away from him going, mine, 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 mine. And so finally, you know, because you're so tired and you're so frustrated already, you just want to rest. You don't want to fight. You just want to, you're like, give it to them. <laughs> and the older child goes, no, 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 dad, no mom, no. This really is mine. You're like, hey, listen, they got my stuff too. Just give it to them. <laughs> because it seems that we learned those words. But another word that we want to teach our children and that we have to learn is the word share. Share. We all got to share. But ladies, I want to tell you something. There's something that, that men do not want to share that you want, and we don't want to share it. I just want to tell you right up front. We don't want to share it. And that's our food. 
We don't want to share our food. Why do you like, to, why do you like things on our plate? I don't, we don't know. It has never failed, like when Rhonda and I are going through a drive-thru to, <clears throat> to get something, and she will say, you know, I say, you want anything? No, I'll just have some of yours. I'm like, no! I will buy you 10 orders of fries, but don't eat any of mine. I want all of my fries, even the one that's in the bottom of the bag. I want it. They want it. We have to learn to share. Today, I want to talk to you about becoming one in marriage. But again, like I said, this message can, uh, is, it goes across the lines in many ways. You'll see that as we go along. Becoming one. How do we do that? So here's what I want you to know. It's this statement is coming on the screen that I think will be very, very critical to your life. And it, as I'm finding it is in mine, it is this. Let's say it. You ready? When I die to self, my marriage comes alive. When I die to self, my marriage comes alive. That is so true, is that our marriage comes alive when we have to die to self. And today I want to walk through that with you. And, and, but I want to tell you there's a word <clears throat> that is a little bit confusing, the word one. When I say one, many times, you know what, this word, is, it, it, it has two different meanings. When I say one, that can just mean that there's, a, there's one cookie left in the cookie jar and don't you dare. You know, one, that one, we, there's one left. But when I say one, we also think about coming together united, right? I mean, like last week in the Super Bowl, you know, that Tampa Bay and, and Tom Brady, the team come together and they won the Super Bowl. And some of you are very happy about that. And some of you are very sad about that. Somebody asked me, who am I rooting for? I said, well, Tom Brady's old. I'm old. I'm going for him. Okay. You know, but I want you to know I had to overcome some bitterness because I remember the Atlanta Super Bowl. All right. Yes, I still haven't quite got over that, but anyways. But it's come together. And so I just want to tell you that we want to plan a time for you to come together. And so on March 19th, if, if you're dating or, or if you're a married couple, we're going to do what we call your best night out. Uh, and it's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, and so we want to plan for you to come. So on your connection card, just go ahead and sign up. Uh, it's like $12 a piece, and that's going to cover you the child care and everything. So we want you to be a part of that. And it's a great time to grow. The best thing you can do is, is just have a strong relationship. The best thing you do for your children is mom and dad have a strong relationship. Or if you're dating, learning about what, what it's like. Okay. So here we go. So let's talk about this becoming one. The question, I want to ask two questions today. Number one is this, how do we become one? That's the question. How do we become one? It's amazing to me how that this verse that I'm about to read to you is all through the Bible. You know, God is said in Genesis, and then this goes all through uh, the New Testament. Jesus quotes this uh, verse. The Apostle Paul quotes this verse, and this is what it says. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become what? One flesh. One flesh. Now, when, usually when I say that, that people think about consummating marriage uh, between a man and a woman. But I want you to know something. That, that's not all he's talking about. He's talking about becoming one in spirit together, that we are to become one flesh. Just like we're to become one with Jesus Christ. Watch this. In 1 Corinthians 6 and 17, it says this. But he who is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit with him. Notice one spirit with him. We have to become one the only way that you can become a Christ follower is become one with God. So here's a question that, again, we've asked is how do we become one? Well, letter A is this. Will you write this down? Is you die to self. 
There's the only way that you can become one is that you die to self. We have to die to self. And so look what the Bible says. Jesus made this statement in Luke. He said this. Then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must what? Okay, by myself. All right, all right. All right, everybody at home as well. Let's say it. If anyone would come after me, he must what? Deny himself. Deny himself and take up his cross when? Daily and follow me. You must take up his cross daily and follow me. If you're going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, every day you have to make a decision that I'm not going to do what I naturally want to do, right? I mean, we have to make every, every day we have to make that decision and we have to say, I'm not going to do what I naturally want to do. I'm going to do what Jesus wants me to do. That's what you call denying yourself. And the reason he says take up your cross is because it's hard to not do what you want to do. Amen, everybody? I mean, like, good grief. How many times are you in traffic and, and somebody cuts you off? I mean, I don't know if you deal with this or not, but I do. I mean, like, I want to spin them out. I mean, I want to take matters in my own hand. I want to do that. But because I'm a Christian, I'm not arrested. Hallelujah. <laughs> my insurance rates are a little lower because, I've, because it's helped me out. Jesus had made me better. I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for Jesus, right? And so I want you to know that, so denying ourselves is part of our Christian life. You cannot be a Christ follower. You can't be a Christian without denying yourself. You can't do what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it. He's looking at God's Word saying, no, I'm going to follow Jesus. That's how you, and every day, that's an everyday decision, right? That's a moment-by-moment moment decision, isn't it? Okay, yes, it is. Preach on, Pastor. I will. All right, I will. There we go. Thank you. So again, remember what we're saying is this. Look, it's coming up on the screen. Let's say it again. When I die to self, my marriage comes alive or my relationships come alive when I die to self. So the second thing, the letter B I want to share with you is this is a, you know, how do we do this? Well, we make a covenant. We make a covenant to serve your spouse. Make a covenant to serve your spouse is how we become one. Now, I just got to be transparent with you. I really mess this up because when I was coming up, we lived in a different day. My father worked two jobs, so, but when dad come into the house, he was king. I mean, he had his own throne. It's called, it was called a recliner. And dad sat in his recliner. And, and during that day, we didn't have these remotes controls that we all have right now we're thankful for. So dad sat in his chair, he'd come in, he'd sit in his chair, and if he wanted someone to turn the television, he didn't look for a remote, he just yelled out one of his kids' names. He's like, Jeff, Angie, Scott, Wendy, come here, come here. And we'd go in there, like, you know, whoever's in the house, we'd go, yeah, dad, what's up? Turn the television. <laughs> we were the remotes, that's it. And so dad was king. And not only that, but I, I, so I was like, wow, I can't wait to, to grow up and have one of those thrones in my own home. And I would also see my dad, if you've read my book, The Opportunity for a Better Life, you've probably read this story, but, but I remember dad would have a glass of tea and, and you know, he would drink his tea and, his, and he would have ice in it and it'd get empty. And all my dad would do is just rattle the glass. That's it. My stepmother would jump up and immediately run to the kitchen. Oh, she'd take his glass, run to the kitchen and, and fill it back up and bring it back to my dad. He never even said a word. I thought, wow, this is awesome. Marriage is great. Hallelujah. I can't wait. <laughs> Needless to say, when Rhonda and I got married, the first piece of furniture that we, we bought, that I made sure that we bought was a recliner. <laughs> My throne. 
And so I said, you know what? This is it. I'm going to be king. And, and I remember sitting in that recliner and try, I couldn't wait. And I had my glass of tea. Oh, yeah, you're tracking with me, aren't you? My glass of tea. I drank that tea. It got empty. I said, nothing happened. She's looking like, what are you doing? She didn't. She, she just glanced. She didn't even really pay any attention. And so, so, again, I rattled it a little bit harder. Still, really nothing. And so finally I go, I'm shaking the glass. I'm going like this. I'm like, I'm getting upset. Something's wrong, you know, with my, 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 my throne here. I don't know. Something's wrong. And I shook it up really loud and hard. Finally she said, what is wrong with you? <clears throat> what I said, what's wrong with you? This worked in my house. I don't know what's going on. Something's wrong with you. And then that's when I began to get an understanding that this was not about me. I thought when I said I do that she did and I didn't have to. <laughs> I really, I mean, I just had no clue. So I had to learn that it's becoming when I began to serve her. When I say I do, when I said I do, it means what I will do for her. And so the thing that marriage works and relationships work, when we begin to say that it's not about me, it's about me serving them, not them serving me. And if it ever gets out of order, then it doesn't work. Amen, everybody? Amen. Look what the Bible says. Talking about covenants here, because we're talking about a covenant relationship agreement. So this, for where a covenant is, there must of necessity be death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead, for it is never enforced while the one who made it lives. So what he's saying is that when you make a covenant, that you've got to die to will. You've got to die to what you want. They have to die to what they want. And therefore, you begin to live. And so the problem with, I tell you, the marriage problems that you're going to have is because you refuse to die. Not physically, not physically, but to self. Every marriage problem is, is, it boils down to that. It's somebody's being selfish. And many times, two people are being selfish. So the greatest thing is that, you know, you die. Why? Because dead people, dead people don't fly off the handle. They don't get angry. Matter of fact, you know, can you see yourself viewing, you know, viewing someone's body and going over that person saying, I want you to know I never liked you. I want you to know that these people are saying good things and they're lying just so your wife can hear them. Get that. Well, you know what? You can do that all you want to. That person's not going to, they're not, they're dead. They're not going to react. They're not going to do anything because they're dead, right? And so when we die to selves, there's sometimes that, you know what, we can just chill out, right? I mean, like, okay, well, I want to have my way. No, 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 no. You lay down your way. You say, you know what, I don't have to have my way. That's what dead people do, is that when we die to ourselves, not physically, not physically. I know some of you say, well, if he doesn't change, he's going to be dead. No, 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 no. Not physically. Not physically. Look what the Bible says in Genesis 2 and 18. The Lord God said, now let me just stop right here, okay? Who did the Lord God talk to? Again, this is before there was Adam and Eve. There was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The, those, they existed before mankind, all right? So the Lord God said to them, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now notice this. God looked at God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are having a conversation. 
and they've looked at everything that they've made. I mean, they looked at, they, they looked at the plant life they made and they said, it is good. They, they looked at the animals and they said, that is good. They looked at the sun and the moon and the stars and, and all the land. They said, this is so good. But, you know, so God, he said, it's good out about everything he made except for man. He never said it's good. He never, did you notice that in the Bible? He never said, it is good. He looked at man and said, it is good. He didn't say that. He stopped short. And I think that because Adam, you know, had dominion over everything and he had charge of everything, he started getting selfish. And I think God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit was having a conversation and said, you know what? We got to help this dude. He's going to hurt himself. He's not the brightest person. I don't know. He's going, he's nuts. We got to do something. And so at that moment, God, the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit said, what can we do? He said, oh, I know what we'll do. We will create someone that's exact opposite of him. And we'll put them together forever. She's going to kill him. He's got to die to self. We got to teach him to die to self. And so we're going to put her with him and she's going to kill him. He's got to die to self to live with her. And so they did it. And then they had another conversation. Okay, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit said, well, we know that she's going to teach him to live, that he can't be selfish and he's got to die to self. But what are we going to do to teach her to die to self? One of them said, I know. We'll give her children. <laughs> Amen, ladies. No selfishness there, right? It's when you learn it. And so what I'm trying to tell you is that God wants us to understand that we have to die to self if this thing is going to work. And so again, I want you to say this with me because it's so key. It's coming up. Let's say, you ready? When I die to self, my marriage comes alive. I begin to live when I die to self. I begin to live. Okay. So the second question I have for you is this, why, why do we become one? That's the question. Why does God want us to become one? And I'm going to go ahead and give you the next fill in is this, letter A is this, God desires godly offspring. God desires godly offspring. Now I'm about to read Malachi to you. This is a, this is a, a, a book in the Old Testament. And they've been, God is not answering their prayers, even though they're giving offerings and he's not accepting their offerings because there's a reason he goes right here. So he's just declined their offerings and their, his favor to them. He says, yet you, for what reason? Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by what? covenant remember the covenant in a covenant two people die they die to self but but did he not make them one that's talking about marriage having a remnant of the spirit and why one he seeks what godly offspring that's what God's desire is is that you have godly offspring therefore take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth for, for the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce. Okay, now, so if you've been divorced, please, please hold on with me because don't throw anything yet. We'll get there, all right? He goes on to say this. For it, talking about divorce, covers one's garment with what? 
with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. So let me just clear this up. The Bible says that God hates divorce, but God does not hate divorced people. Did you hear that? God hates divorce, but he doesn't hate divorced people. Why? As he said, he covers one's garments with violence. What he's saying is that every divorce hurts people. Every time there's a divorce, someone gets hurt. It hurts people. It's just like saying that God hates car wrecks. Why does God hate car wrecks? Because it hurts people. And that's the same thing with divorce. Divorce hurts people. And, and God's like, he hates that every time. That's why God hates sin, by the way. You know that? Because sin hurts people. It hurts people. And so understand that. Again, now he said this, that we would have godly offspring. It's amazing when a husband and wife come together in oneness, one in purpose, one in goals, one in passion. They come together like we are on the same team and we're working for one goal. It's amazing. Oneness creates greatness. Did you hear that? Oneness creates greatness. When you get on the same page and, and you quit fighting with each other and you start fighting for each other, it's amazing how life changes and your marriage gets better, your relationships get better when we're not constantly going at each other, we are walking with each other, amen? That's when it gets good. That's when everything gets good, by the way. Everything gets good when you're walking together. Happy Valentine's Day, hallelujah. I don't know if you come in together or not. I don't know if you got mad on the way or you got an argument in the car. But right now, you need to, you need to make up. I mean, I'm t before, I mean, if, I, if you're sitting beside her right now, you ought to squeeze her hand and say, I'm sorry, right now. It is Valentine's Day. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Nobody's excited about that but me. But that's okay. I'm good. <laughs> so look what he said. The first command that God gave Adam and Eve was this. And God blessed them, saying what? Be fruitful and multiply. God wanted many children. He wanted, he wanted the world to be replenished. And, and, and so what I'm trying to tell you is this, is that God, you're better together. And God wants your marriage to give life. Now, to see, I'm not just talking about physical children. Here, Rhonda and I have two children. But you know what? You can have spiritual children. That means that people that are under your, your influence, that you can impact their life for God. And in Deuteronomy, he says, if one can put 1,000 to flight, then two can put 10,000 to flight. You know what he was trying to say? Is that when we come together as one, as husband and wife, one in purpose, we're on the same page, then guess what? You are 10 times more effective in your life. When you're on the same page and as a church, as followers of Jesus Christ, listen, that's why we say, don't label me as the Democrat or Republican or label me my, by my skin tone. No, I am a Christian, right? I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's ahead. And if he's calling a shot, we can get in line and we can become one for his cause. Amen. We're not going to fight the world's cause. We're not going to give our life for the world's causes. We're going to give our life for Jesus Christ. And he calls a shot and we're one in Jesus. And when we come together in Jesus Christ and we become one in marriage and we become one church, one body under the name of Jesus Christ, we become 10 times more effective in our lives. Amen. We have godly offspring. Godly offspring. Letter B is this. Why do, why do we become one? Letter B is this. God will hear our prayers. God will hear our prayers. Notice what he says, guys, especially lean into this. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. 
Teaching your wives with what? Treating your, not teaching them, but treating your wives with understanding as you live together. Treat her as you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. Listen, notice what he said. He said, treat her with understanding. Guys, you're never going to understand her. He didn't say understand her because you're never going to. I mean, there's just, you're just two different waves there. You're never going to. There's sometimes where, like Rhonda and I'm like, huh? And I've tried to say, why would you make that decision? Why? And let me just tell you something. If it's not immoral or illegal, then leave it alone. Just go, it's okay. And ladies, I know the same works for you too. You don't get us either at times. But the Bible says that men, we got to treat our wives with understanding and respect. And let me just tell you something. If you want that business to flourish, you better treat your wife good. If, if, you know, if you want to do good physically, you know, you need healing in your body. You better treat her good because the Bible says that if you treat her bad, he doesn't hear your prayers. Let me tell you something. God, God takes seriously our relationships to our men, to our wives, how we treat them. And if we treat them bad, then don't expect God's blessings. And so you and I, that should be every day to get up and say, hey, do I want to be blessed by God? Oh, I better treat my wife good. Amen. That's right. Yes. I want to treat her good. That's right. And so we want God's blessing. I want to tell you two stories, then we're going to have communion. A couple of years ago, there was a, you know, when when we were actually in having a war right after 9-11 overseas, there was a soldier that, that was a part of our church. He was actually in the National Guard, but he was being called up. And he had already received his orders and he knew that he was going into the combat zone and they had already told him that there was many people that had lost their lives there and that they would be in the combat zone and there would be a possibility that they would not come home. That was made very clear. And so he come to see me like a week before he was to deploy. I never will forget this because he come in and he said, he's a pastor I'm going into the combat zone and there's a good chance that I'm going to die. And here's some things. If I die, I'm asking you to please help me with. And one of the main things that he had was he had written down, tell my wife I love her. Make sure you know that I love her. Make sure you make sure she knows that I love her. Make sure she knows that it's over and over again. I I bet he said it a thousand times before we left that day. Tell her I love her. Tell her I love her. Tell her I love her. And he was one of those kind of guys that he he just grunted. He didn't even hardly speak at all. You know, no emotions at all. But all of a sudden, when he realized that he may die, he found him. And that week before he was deployed, every time that I was, I, I was around him, I heard him say, I love you. I love you. I love you. Fortunately, he made it back home. And I did not have to tell her those things. But what I want you to know that I discovered that day is that when you begin to live like you're dying, it changes everything. And that's what God's called us to do in our relationships is listen, you've got to die. Not physically, but you've got to die. You've got to live like you're dying every day so you can express the true feelings that you have. And you don't fight over the little silly stuff anymore. Who cares if they mash the toothpaste in the middle or roll it up? Who cares? You know, those underwear on the floor is not that big a deal. 
You're laughing, but I hear people come talking to me. They're getting divorces over these things. Live like you're dying. One more thing. In the beginning, God created Adam and Eve and said, there's one tree in this garden that you cannot eat from. You can have everything else, but you can't have this. And we know that Eve took the fruit. And we also know that Adam was with her and he did nothing to protect her. So before we just throw Eve under the bus and back over her, we had a spineless husband there. So Eve took the fruit, she ate it, and she gave some to Adam. We know that's how the story went, but I want to back up just a moment. It didn't happen this way, but what if it did? Just to change the picture in your mind. What if in the garden that Eve took the fruit and Adam was on the other side of the garden, he knew nothing about it, and she took a bite of the fruit and sin came into her life. And Adam's on the other, he has no clue. And God comes down to Adam and says, Adam, Your bride, Eve, has sinned, and she's got to die. Couldn't you hear Adam's voice saying, God, I don't want her to die. I don't want her to die. But Adam, she's sinned, and and she's got to die because she's sinned. Can't you hear Adam's voice again? God, I don't want her to die. I don't want her to die. I don't want her to die. I don't want my bride to die. Well, that didn't happen, but something similar did. Is that when sin entered the world, when Adam and Eve sinned, God looked at Jesus and said, your bride has sinned and she's got to die. And the Bible calls every Christian the bride of Christ. We are the church, the bride of Christ. Amen, everybody? And so God looks at him and says, she sinned and, and she's got to die. That means me and you, we, you got to die. And God says, your bride is sinned. She's got to die. And Jesus says to God, I don't want her to die. I don't want her to die. Don't let her die, God. And God says, well, she sinned and she's got to die. And Jesus says, I don't want her to die. And then Jesus finally says, I'll die for her. I'll die for her. And that is exactly what happened is that Jesus left left heaven come down to earth and he died first that you and I might live and in order to have a relationship with God is that Jesus died first but we too have to die to self every day in order to have that relationship and in order to have a great relation, a marriage, is that we have to be the one to choose that I'm going to die to what I want in order that we may live the best life ever. This morning, what I'd like for you to do is just bow your heads with me before we partake in communion. Those of you that are watching online, would you bow your heads as well? Everyone, please, no one looking around. This is private, just only me. This morning as your head's bowed, 
I want to ask you a question. Is there an area in your life that you know that you're not living up to what God wants you to? That You know what? The truth of the matter is, is that I really, I haven't died to this area in my life. And I know God's not pleased. If that's you, nobody's looking around. But if that's you, you would say with me, Pastor, I along with you, I, I, I need God to help me in this area. I need to die to this area. I'm going to admit it today. Would you just slip your hand up all over the room? Yes, all over the room. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for being honest. Yes. You can put them right back down. There's others of you that are here in this room and online as well. But the truth of the matter is you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know if your life ended today, if you was that soldier and your life ended today, you do not know where you would spend eternity. You just don't know. But you come here today. Are you watching online today? And the Holy Spirit's moving. I just want to ask you right now, nobody's looking around but me. If you say, Pastor, today I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to know my eternity is secure in Jesus. If that's you, nobody's looking but me. Just raise your hand. You can put it right back down. Yes, all over the room. Yes, all over the room. Yes, right back down. Anybody else? Those of you that are online? Okay, you can put your hands back down. I want to pray this prayer. First prayer I'm going to pray is for those to become Christ followers. But after that, I'm going to pray another prayer. And that prayer is, God, help me surrender to you. And I lay myself down. And you're going to walk out of here with a load off of your shoulders. Heavenly Father, right now, for everyone that raised their hand in this room, and God, those that are online, Lord, they want to have a relationship with you. They want you to come into their life. So, Father, I pray today that they would just say these words in their mind. They don't even have to say them out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to do your will that I might follow hard after you. Save me, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, for everyone else in this room that raised their hand, God, that says, I'm going to be honest. There's an area in my life that I'm still fighting for. And I have to lay it down. Lord, right now, would you just give them the courage and the strength in the name of Jesus Christ that they may right now today say, God is yours. I give it to you. I repent of it, oh Lord. I turn from it and I ask you to help me today. God, I want to be close to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give God a hand, everybody? Would you do me a favor? Would you take out your communion cup? It's Valentine's Day, everybody. I thought what a great thing to do on Valentine's Day is express our love back to God. Remember what he did for us. If you just take that first tab back and you would take that wafer out. This is a holy moment because we're remembering that someone loved us more than we could ever imagine. I want you to take that wafer and we're going to remember, as we take this wafer, we're going to remember that Jesus loved us so much that he gave his body to be beaten for us. Would you take that now and let's remember the Lord's body? Heavenly Father, we remember today. We remember that conversation that you had. And that Jesus said, I'd rather die than live without my bride. We remember that.
Would you take the next tab and pull it back? This is juice. But we're doing this in remembering the Lord's blood that was shed for us. By his blood, we have life. And so right now, would you take the juice and remembering that? Jesus, we thank you that you would rather die than live without us. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for the power of your spirit. Thank you that we have hope and thank you that we can live as one. Lord, we want to be one with you in spirit, oh God. We want to be one with our spouses in spirit, oh God. And we want to be one as brothers and sisters in Christ in spirit, oh God. And Lord, we know that that the best is ahead for us, oh Lord. For our marriage, the best is ahead, oh God. As a church, the best is ahead for us. As Christians, the best is ahead. Lord, this thing is going to pass, oh Lord. And we're going to come out on the other side because we're walking together in unity, oh Lord. We are one in you, Jesus. And we thank you today that we have hope that's beyond the grave, O oh Lord. We will not live in fear, O oh God. We will not live in panic, O oh Lord, but we will live in faith in the Son of the living God who gave himself for us, who said he will never leave us nor forsake us, that you would go all the way with us. And today we've been reminded through communion, O oh God, that your commitment is yes and amen, O oh God, that you never leave us nor forsake us. And today we commit ourselves wholly to you. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.